Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tech Talk with Tage. 45th episode. A special episode. Because it is a special time in smartphones. And specifically, smartphone photography. But first things first, I would like to address the Galaxy Note 21. R.I.P. That project apparently got scrapped a while ago, too. So I've been complaining about, you know, where it is for the past few episodes. Unaware that it was never going to come. And it makes sense because the Galaxy Z Fold 3 was sort of shown to be a no. Like, bigger screen, um, and it's got the S Pen support. Even though that was atrocious, like the way they executed the S Pen with the special case, but you had to charge it independently, and then you needed actually like a different pen entirely from previous models, and then like you had to turn on a specific mode, otherwise it could actually scratch it. It was just bad. Hopefully that means the S22 can be uh, all that much better since they did not use any resources like the R&D and such for developing a Note 21. Also, a uh, S21 Fans Edition, still unknown about that, but I don't think that will happen for the same reasons like just Samsung's not gonna put their uh, energy into it even though the S20 fans edition was also a phenomenal phone uh, that was a great phone last year so it'd be kind of dumb for Samsung to not make the S21 fans edition since the S20 Fans edition was a great phone. Uh, I'm not sure how well it sold or it's like actual stats in the market because it wasn't like an ultimate flagship. It was uh, down in the budget per. It was down in the budget, but for the price you got it at, it was exceptional. And now I'm just throwing positive adjectives at uh, the phone, which need to do better than that. But I don't even remember like the specific specs, because who does? I just remember the positivity of the phone. Uh, Alright, so what is happening now? in the smartphone world is Pixel 6 of which the hype is not dead yet so this episode might actually not be a week late in relevance towards what is occurring which is the Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro now standard phones good phones the Pro is more flagshipy and the 6 is more Standard price, oh. big screens, battery life is apparently garbage, 
which is very disappointing. But you know, 12 gigs RAM in the Pro, and then uh, 8 gig RAM in the regular. Uh, obviously, the Tensor chip, which is what this episode will be centered on. Uh, Android 12 and Material U, which I would probably talk about you, even though that news is kind of old because Google already revealed that early year. year. We got the 50 megapixel camera, rear camera, how, uh, which is greatly improved due to the computational photography of the tensor chip, which is just beautiful. That's what it's doing. And then we got all the camera features like magic eraser and motion mode. And just the, those two are my favorite. What else? Nah, it has really good night shots. Uh, and also video is 4K 30. And, or, 1080p 60 and these camera features apply to both models and then anything else care about no yeah no anyway so standard phones ram ram is good uh, batteries garbage good screen size like 6.7 inch for the pro model right I believe so yes so relatively decent oh and also the design itself it's got like a camera bar in the back which i thought i would hate but i'm not against it and then you get this two-tone whichever color it's like two-tone where there's a lighter color at the top and then uh, the darker version below the camera bar. And that's the phone itself. Now onto the the most beautiful part of the phone, the cameras and the tensor chip and computational photography. Yeah. No one knows where that's from. to this podcast like imagine being seven minutes into this episode wow you must have no life and neither do i for you know recording seven minutes of this which no one will hear all right well time to get into it the beautiful beautiful chip made by samsung wrong it's a google chip Google still designed it. Just because Samsung's doing the actual manufacturing doesn't mean it's Google's chip. No. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example of that. I know. Just because, like, you're an artist. Or something. 
I'm trying to think in clothes, but I can't. You know, enough of the examples. I'm sure it's not a difficult concept to understand. It's Google's chip that they designed, that they made, but Samsung's, you know, constructing it. Samsung's got the factory and the materials to put the chip together. However, Google is the one who uh, has the architecture of the chip, per se. So, 50 megapixel camera. Beautiful. That lets in a lot of light. A lot. Which is be better than iPhones. Uh, why was I sing-songy? Better than iPhone's 12 megapixel, but that doesn't matter in smartphones. So, people who say that, like, oh, Google says better because it's a bigger sensor. Nope. Wrong. That's not how that works. Because iPhone also has phenomenal software. It has a phenomenal computational photography system as well with the A their A line of chips, the A14 and the 12. And iPhone takes gorgeous point-and-shoot photos. And just like this Pixel will now, just take over. So, the photos you take are pretty good with the camera itself, but it's, it's the computational photography who that destroys the game when you post picture, post capture of your shot. Now I keep tossing that term around there. Uh, oh, that's loud. Why are there so many background lights? Computational photography itself is a term. Like, I, I don't want to just be using this term all willy-nilly without people actually using it. But it is when... Uh, what is it? The computer, or like, post-capturing the scene, then you use... Obviously, in modern photography, it's the computer, it's the tensor chip, it's the A chip that is able to process the photo and make it better. You know, all the compression that happens to it, all the saturation, contrast increase, that's all computational photography, photography where you adjust the photo after the shot is taken. Or like the new ability to focus the subject after taking the photo, it's computational, obvious, versus you know, optical photography where you have to adjust your shutter speed and the aperture and all that before capturing your scene. So that's what the smartphones are great at. Those, the camera hardware, although impressive to fit you know, on this small metal body, Unlike, you know, DSLR cameras where it's this massive st structure, <laughs> this massive machine, per se, that sole purpose is dedicated to capturing something.
capturing uh, a photo and then putting it on an SD card. And then most people, you know, take that SD card and then put it in their computer and toss it into Photoshop and Lightroom and stuff to fix it. So, yes. This, this incredible ability to have a whole phone, this small, slim, metal slab with a camera on it is incredible. Problem is when you sacrifice the size of the camera to fit on this multifunctional device, you lose out on fantastic hardware, which we don't want to see happen. Or well, we are seeing happen, but we'd rather not. And in order to fix that, we use software. We have our chips to process the image and make them epic. It, with the Google Pixel, the Google Pixel's average hardware camera for a smartphone, and now the new Tensor chip, the photos are amazing. It just, it really throws up the saturation and contrast and brightness, to be honest, but that, that's just what we like. Like when you show someone two images, the exact same image, exact same uh, camera, exact same everything except one you tossed into uh, photo editing software and you just turned up the brightness and then show that around to people. People are going to pick the brighter one. Unless it's, you know, oversaturated and like it's very obviously just overexposed in some areas and the light does not match but yeah you just turn up the overall brightness slightly make it pop out more but still a clean photo but nothing else is different between the shots people are going to pick the brighter one because that, that's just what we like to see and that's what the pixel 6 is doing it's making stuff brighter and as a real photographer which i'm not so i like it i personally don't care but as you know as a real photographer you might be very disappointed in that so that's that but however google pixel 6 does allow you to shoot raw there's like complete full raw mode which is amazing like most phones don't have that it's just a completely hardware captured image and nothing else done to that because once the camera hardware on a phone captures it the, that chip does something to it normally whatever it is the tensor the a16 the snapdragon it normally does something with the thing but google pixel just allows you to have that raw photo which then photographers would love that because they can capture the raw photo, do what they want with that, and then publish it, or whatever photographers do, or frame it. Uh, 
back to us common consumers, yeah, we let the chip handle it. And it's, it's beautiful. Next is that this is Google's chip, so it's obviously very smart. Machine learning's incredible. And we have Magic Eraser, where you can literally just highlight subjects or things like background people or some background object and just get rid of it from your photo and it fills it in uh, pretty well. And it's just like a default thing that occurs. Uh, you yourself don't really need to do anything except just highlight the background object that you want gone. That will handle it. And then there's a motion mode which allows you to if there's like an object to move it, like a person running, driving a car, riding a motorcycle, a boat, a speedboat in the water, it'll capture that still and then make the background blurred so it looks like it's in motion, but you still have the subject of the bike, the person, the boat, uh, still. It's hard to explain verbally, that's the problem, and this is an audio podcast, so that doesn't help, unfortunately. Why am I talking about photography? Photography on an audio podcast. Maybe this was just a bad decision overall. Well, too bad, I guess. Um, what else is there? Nothing. Nothing too special, fantastic. It's, it's great. And the smart chip, benchmark-wise, it's not good, but it's also, it works very well with Android 12 and Material U and Google Assistant and learning who you are. It's not just the cameras. The cameras are the main focus. That's what everyone's talking about. But in your overall mobile experience with being an owner of this phone and using Android 12 as your OS, that tensor chip is uh, going to seriously change the game, not just in the photography world. So, that's it. But most of what has been added to the photography, you could already do that. Like as an editor, if you took, if you're an actual ph photographer or photo editor, and if you took those shots and put it into Photoshop and uh, Lightroom, you could do what the Pixel 6 does, you know, with clone stamping, or uh, which is a method normally used for that back removing background subjects, and that can be done manually. But the tensor, it does it well. It is fast and it's automatic and you and you don't have to you know transfer the photo or well i guess if you're using google photos you can open google photos in your browser but yeah, you don't need to like open your photo up on your desktop device or Yeah, desktop. I was gonna say tablet or phone. 
do tablets and phones actually like support Lightroom and Photoshop and Adobe products? I actually don't know. Because I know Chromebooks do, and Chromebooks are kind of laptop-like, but whatever. Uh, you don't have to open your photo on a, on a separate desktop device, which probably, even if phones did support these Adobe softwares, it would probably be awful using that, like, the experience would just be hideous. That is not the correct adjective to describe an experience, but to use that on a phone, gives me the chills yeah my point is no no other devices necessary to open it and then do it manually when you can just do it all on the phone and it looks beautiful on the phone on the screen but then the other question is what happens when you start sending those images which which was also kind of a problem i had with apple and uh, apple um iPhone supporting the Dolby, uh, what is it, Dolby Vision and like 8K video. It's like, yeah, you can run that on your own iPhone, but what happens if you start emailing it to other people to send or like you text it, you even text it to another iPhone user, uh, but they just have an older generation. Will they not be able to see that 8K video? Will or if you send it to the and that too, you're texting an 8K file, so that's already going to be pretty... Wait, does... is it 8K or 4K? No, I don't remember. Okay, let's just say 4K. And then, now I'm confused. I have to grab my iPhone and check. Camera. Record video. 4K. 4K 60 is the highest. Yeah, still, so 4K60 can create some massive files. Imagine texting that. Yeah, if you text that to an older generation, what will they see? And, or even if you text that to someone with the same exact iPhone as you that can handle that 4K60, you texted it. The amount of compression in an iMessage, like, I don't know. Would, would the iMessage surface compress that video enough where that 4K60 ability is gone? I don't know. Yes. Point is, Tensor Chip is amazing. I'm excited for Tensor 2. Uh, and, you know, Tensor might just throw Snapdragon out of the game, or Qualcomm out of the game. But here's the thing, Google owns Tensor, just like Apple. Well, keep their A, their A series, A, A Bionics uh, to themselves. And it's like, will Google keep Tensor for itself or will they start licensing that to the other Android makers? Who knows? But in Google could give Apple a run for its money in the photography department. I still think the A14 ship along with the iOS 15 experience is better than the Tensor chip with the Android 12 experience, even though Android 12 and Material U is 
gorgeous. I love the OS and I prefer that to iOS. I just think the integration is better. After all, Apple's been in that game for so much longer now. But yeah, time, only time will tell. So thank you for listening and I will catch any human that listens to this podcast fully, like up to this 25 minute mark. I'll catch you on the next episode. Goodbye.